This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hello, Canonites. Brian Miller here with episode 55 of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight to talk about our favorite thing in the world, yet again, Star Wars. Hopefully you'll hang out with me for a little while tonight. There's not a whole lot of news to talk about in the world of Star Wars this week, but we are going to be doing a huge mailbag episode this week. We, uh, we've been kind of skimping on the mailbag a little bit, doing a couple questions each week, mainly because of so much you know, that we were talking about each each week. So we were trying to keep the show down to at least, you know, somewhere around an hour, hour and a half. And so we, we kind of skimped on mailbag questions a little bit. But this week, because there's not a lot of news, we are going to be answering quite a few of them. Usif is not with me tonight. He, uh, for, for those of you that don't know, Usif records from Cairo, Egypt. Uh, I'm in Kansas. There's an eight-hour time difference between us. So I wasn't able to get a hold of him tonight. He's probably sleeping, which I totally understand, man. It's 3 a.m. where he's at where I'm recording this right now. Uh, and everybody needs a week off once in a while. He has an idea uh, to talk about some things for the podcast, and I I don't want to start it without him. So we were going to start it this week. We are going to be ranking uh, villains based off of how cool they are, and we're going to let you guys vote on them. Uh, each week we're going to put a poll out, and we're going to kind of talk about each villain once in a while. And, and we're, we're we're starting a bracket, basically, and we're going to get down to one villain. So uh, I don't want to start that without uh, Usif. So since he's not here this week, I'm going to uh, kind of skip that for now, and we will start that next week. It's not going to be a big deal. Uh, so for this week, though, uh, we've only got uh, one or two things to talk about, and then we're going to get into uh, mailbag questions. Uh before we get going, though, before we talk about this this news story that we've got, which I'm kind of excited for, believe it or not, considering it's, I don't see how a lot of people are going to think this is big news, but for me, this is this is kind of a big deal. But before we get into the news, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about what we've got going on behind the scenes, not just on the microphone on this podcast, but uh, in in the world in general. Also, we uh, have got 1138productions.com live. Uh, I'm very proud of 1138productions.com. This is uh, one of the best-looking websites I think we've had. I'm very excited for it. It's built around the podcast instead of the podcast being built around the website. Uh, On this website, on 1138productions.com, you're going to be able to find this podcast. You're going to find the Marvelcast podcast. We're in the... We're, we're in the process. We're getting very close to getting 1138 Talk Radio going each weekend, so that's going to be on there as well. Uh, the YouTube channel, you're going to be able to find all the videos that have to do with 1138 Productions on that website. Uh, and then the creme de la creme of the website, the thing that I'm really excited for about this website uh, is, uh, I w- for those of you who don't know, when I started the podcast back in... Uh, 2016, 2017, the podcast itself, not just the Star Wars Canon Library. The library started in 2015. I guess we could go back that far. When I started it in 2015, uh, it was kind of built around the idea that I was going to keep all the Star Wars Canon in chronological order, keep it all in, in in a timeline where it's easier to kind of follow. And, and over the last several years, we've had so much stuff come out that that timeline has gotten really big. It's really long. There's a lot to it. And with the way everything kind of crosses over and, and you've got crossover events with comics and this comic is happening during that one and this novel is happening during this TV show and this movie is happening during... I thought it was a good idea, especially with High Republic out now. I thought it was a good idea to to really put this timeline together. And so on 1138productions.com, you can find the entire canon Star Wars timeline. Uh, it is updated, I think, four months out for right now. It's got things on it that aren't even out yet. Uh, but I did that mainly for my sake, uh, to be honest, trying to update it every week and seeing what came out, figuring out where it goes. This way, it's there, 
and you guys will be able to do some research and 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 uh, figure out when it's coming out. That is not going to be an issue very long for you guys, though. I'm working on putting together some links uh, for you to be able to find all of these pieces of canon online. For those of you that remember and, and downloaded the Star Wars Canon Library mobile app uh, last year, year before, every single piece of canon had a link to it where you could purchase it, and it was very easy to use, very easy to find. And with a website now, I really wanted to be able to have that uh, ability. So we are going to be going through and making, on the timeline itself, every single entry a link that you can click on to go to a website where you can purchase that piece of canon or if you can find it, or we where, where you can find it if you can still find it. Some of the pieces, as I was putting the, the timeline together this time, I've, I've found that some of it is not available anymore. Some of it's really hard to get a hold of. Uh, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit with this news story that we've got. But it's it, it's it's really nice to have this all in one place. So I understand this is the Star Wars canon podcast. I really focus more on canon what I read. I haven't read a lot of Legends stuff. I've read some Legends, but I haven't read nearly all of it, just a small little portion of it. However, I know there are Star Wars fans out there that really love Star Wars Legends storytelling. I'm not knocking you. I get it. You like what you like. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so Richard J., you guys know him from this show, he has sat down and put together an entire Star Wars Legends timeline for you guys. Uh, I'm in the process of converting it over to the same kind of format that we have for the canon one. Uh, and I'm, I'm very close to being done with it. I'm hoping to have it done next week sometime and live on 1138productions.com. But there is a Star Wars Legends timeline coming as well that includes every film, every comic, every novel, everything in chronological order. Uh, and, and when you guys go through it, you're going to notice some differences between it, well, obviously, between it and the canon. But some of the same material crosses over between timelines. Um, for example... Uh, Clone Wars, the original Clone Wars series, the the Samurai Jack one, and then the CG Clone Wars series that we all know and love. So if you want, if you go back to when Disney said nothing else is canon, just just Clone Wars in the films, and we're going from there. Uh, Clone Wars then had six seasons, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And before that happened, those episodes were part of what we call now Star Wars Legends. So if you want to call it canon of the time, that's it, it was part of that, including the Samurai Jack style from Cartoon Network. That was all quote-unquote canon also, right? Well, what everybody considered canon. So some of the differences between these timelines are the Legends timeline will have the Samurai Jack style 2D micro series. It'll have the first six seasons of the CG Clone Wars. But then when you come to Legends, it's got or I'm sorry, when you come to canon, it's got the uh, CG series plus the seventh season of Clone Wars, which isn't technically Legends, it's canon, but the Samurai Jack one's not uh, canon, it's Legends. So there's a lot of crossover between the two timelines. There's a lot of stuff there that is on both. Uh, but it, it's it's really tricky kind of keeping it all in line. So I wanted to do a Legends timeline as well. Um, and as far as the films go, uh, I included the films. However, I only included them up until the 1997 special edition release. After that, I think every edition after that was considered the canon version. Or whatever's on Disney Plus now, I think, is the canon version of the films. But uh, I, I just did up to the 1997 special edition release. So if you want to go through all of Legends, you know exactly what pieces you're going after. Um, you're not watching a canon version of a film by accident instead of the... Uh, non, you know, canon version or the Legends version, whatever. So it's it's really interesting putting all this together. And I'm kind of going into it blind a little bit because I haven't read 80% or 90% of Legends. So uh, I don't know all the authors for those like I do the canon timeline. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun putting together and kind of figuring and realizing that, you know, I, some of these authors that wrote some of these books, I've always said on this podcast, I wish, you know, for example, Timothy Zahn would write a lot more Star Wars stuff that wasn't centered around Thrawn, and geez, he's writing all kinds of stuff in Legends, you know, uh, with Han and Lando stories, and, and that I never knew he had he had written. So, uh, it, I'm learning a lot of stuff just putting the timeline together itself. But uh, here in the next week or two, that timeline will be available on 1138 Productions as well. And if you go to that website and you click on the timelines tab, you're also going to notice there's a list of some other franchises there as well. 
uh, I think Assassin's Creed is on there, uh, Halo, and I think there was a couple of other ones. But I'm working on putting together an Assassin's Creed timeline. The Halo one is finished. You can find the Halo timeline on there. It's it's completely finished. But we're working on putting together several franchise timelines for everybody because we're not just focusing on Star Wars on 1138 Productions anymore. It's It's a lot of different things. Um, and I've taken some input from some of our followers on Facebook who gave some suggestions for timelines they'd like to see on the website, and we, we're putting those together as well. So uh, definitely go check out 1138productions.com. I'm very excited about it. You can send mailbag questions through there. You can let us know how we're doing. You can listen to the podcast. Very, very cool website so far. I'm, I'm really proud of it, and I'm hoping to turn it into what the mobile app should have been. Uh, by now, before it got shot in the freaking head. So uh, if you guys want to save that website on your mobile device, you can actually save it to your home screen, and it actually has the logo for 1138 Productions, so that it still kind of acts a little bit like a mobile app. Uh, so I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm really excited about it, and I can't, I can't wait to, to see what it ends up evolving into and becoming, you know, as, as the years go by and, and we start adding more and more content to it. I am, uh, I am planning on adding a blog to it as well. We can start putting out some news stories, some articles and stuff like that. Very excited for it. So definitely go check that out. The link for that website will be in the description of this podcast. All right. Uh, if you guys would like to support this podcast at all, you can check out the patreon.com slash 1138productions page. And uh, you can show us some love there. Uh, I've got full reaction videos up for Book of Boba Fett on there. Uh, I still need to post the last episode. I thought I'd had it posted, but apparently I never actually put it, put the link. Uh, uh, it's still in my drafts on Patreon. I didn't realize that I hadn't posted it. And for some reason, my Google Drive is uh, not accepting it. So I'm going to figure that out and get that last episode up for you guys. So. With all that out of the way, let's get into some news. I've already rambled on for 10, 12 minutes, so we, we've got a lot of mailbag questions to get to. So let's talk about this one news story real quick. Uh, I mentioned earlier some of the pieces of canon are kind of hard to come by nowadays because they were exclusively in certain magazines or on certain parts of websites at the time. And one of those pieces of canon material is a set of comics surrounding the Star Wars Rebels characters, Kanan Jars, Ezra Bridger, and Harrison Dula, all of them. And this set of comics was only ever published in Star Wars Rebels magazine, which I have never had access to. I never got. I, I, it's it's kind of like the short stories that are in Star Wars Insider. I don't have any of them. Oh, I don't have many of them. Some of them are being printed in the back of the Kindle version of some of the novels. So I'm getting, I'm slowly getting them. But for these comics, they were never really released outside of those magazines. Now, though... Uh, Dark Horse Comics, you guys know that name from Star Wars Legends. Dark Horse Comics is getting ready to do an omnibus, a reprint of all the Star Wars Rebels mini-comics. Uh, and it's, it's for, for a lot of people, this doesn't really, probably doesn't seem like a, a big deal, like a newsworthy story. For me, this is a big deal, because these are some comics that I've really wanted to get my hands on, and I tried to find back issues of Star Wars Rebels magazine, never could find them, and now they're printing them to where we, I mean, where we can actually get our hands on them and go through and read them. It'll be really nice to add them to the collection. It'll be really, and it'll be nice to be able to, to, you know, get a context of where they take place on the timeline. Because I know I've placed them on the timeline, but to actually be able to read them and and to see what was kind of happening in between episodes, I think it's really going to be great. So uh, for you, it may not be that big of a news story. For me, I'm really excited. Uh, the Omnibus is already up for pre-order, uh, and it's supposed to be released on July 12th of this year. So add another piece of canon material that's coming out this year. I'm very excited for, and uh, I cannot wait for it. So that is the one news story that I had this week, and uh, I, I, I really wanted to talk about this a little bit. I'm really excited about the Dark Horse comic uh, aspect of it because, you know, Star Wars Legends comics, I've got a whole bunch of Dark Horse Star Wars comics, uh, a lot of Tales of the Jedi I've got uh, uh, Doom Worlds. I've, I've got all kinds of old comics. My second cousin, when I was a kid, ended up giving me this big box of comics, and there were so many Star Wars comics in it. It was ridiculous, and it's a whole bunch of Dark Horse stuff. They really wrote some good comics back then. Um, and, and it's no secret, I've never been a huge fan of IDW comics and canon, so I'm excited that they're ending their runs and Dark Horse is taking it over and starting to run with these Star Wars comics. So I'm really excited about it, and uh, I, I, I'm... I want to see where they go with it, especially considering Claudia Gray 
is going to be kicking off the first Dark Horse comics with High Republic. I Claudia Gray, guys, come on. You know, I, I'm just I'm simping for Claudia Gray, uh, Claudia Gray material. You know that. So uh, the Rebels comics are coming in July, and uh, we're finally going to be able to get our hands on them outside of having to subscribe to a magazine. Uh, and, and, and I think I'm going to try to pick up the short stories from Insider as well because it kind of goes hand in hand with these comics a little bit, I guess, the same kind of format. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how that, uh, that goes. So enough with the news stories. Let's get into some mailbag questions. This is what I really like about this podcast is how I can get to interact with you guys a little bit and, and kind of see your points of view on some things. Maybe bring some clarity to some other things for, for you know, if, if you haven't read a certain piece of canon material and you don't know you know, this about a character. I like to shine light on that. So uh, let, let's get into some mailbag questions. How do you get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast? It's very easy. You can email me at starwarscanonpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to 1138productions.com slash contact and send me a message from there. Be sure to add your name. Uh, that way I can actually tag your name onto the question. There's been times where I've gotten questions that didn't have a name and I just had to go based off your email address and I didn't really want to blast somebody's email address all over the interweb so i i it, it, i just prefer if you put your first and last name on it. it makes it a lot easier for me to give you credit for the question so uh i am going to go through and pick out a few each week and this week i'm going to be talking about seven mailbag questions uh and, and there's seven really good ones and i I'm, I'm really excited to talk about some of this stuff and to kind of give my opinion on some of this because like, some of this stuff i haven't really gotten a chance to talk about yet on the podcast considering the hiatus and everything and now that i'm back so uh let's get into this so question number one this week comes from uh kyler knowles and uh kyler's a, a very loyal listener he sends in questions all the time thanks for being a follower brother uh kyler knowles says i've been taking a break from reading star wars books to read the game of thrones books and i got to thinking about the Drangir. I personally think they are an inspired version of the White Walkers from Game of Thrones. Do you guys see them being the bigger threat to the Jedi compared to the Nihil? Maybe like a long night type battle where they eliminate them for good. Thanks for the question, man. Uh, the Game of Thrones novels are ridiculous. They are so good. Uh, and I'm, I, I'm actually, I don't know if you're reading them for the first time. If you are, I'm truly jealous because they are really, really good. As far as the Drenger being the bigger threat in the, in the High Republic era, um, I, we're kind of at a point right now with Phase 1, now that we're getting ready to go into Phase 2. Uh, phase 1's over. We're kind of at a point now where I, I feel like the Drenger have kind of, I don't want to say they've been defeated, but they're kind of, they've kind of, that, that situation's kind of been brought under control a little bit. Um, I definitely see the parallels. That you're bringing up between the Drengear and the White Walkers, I I definitely see where you're getting that idea from, and I'm not going to disagree with you. That that's a very real possibility. That's where they came from. Um, but I don't know if they're going to be the bigger threat. I feel like they're more of a pawn that the Nihil have used throughout their campaign against the Republic during the High Republic era. Uh, there's been several pieces of canon material where the Nihil were purposefully spreading the Drengear around as distractions or, you know, or whatnot. And I, I don't know if I want to say they're the the, uh, the the bigger threat. Now, I could be completely wrong on this. I could, this They could end up being the, the big baddie of uh, High Republic. They very well could. But I just don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, they've, they've really done a great job of fleshing out the Nihil, and and they've really done a huge focus on them, especially Marcion Rowe, or however they you pronounce his name. Now, I guess one of the audiobooks pronounces his name differently. I don't even know how to pronounce I'm just going to say Marcion Rowe. Marcion Rowe is a very compelling villain. I love Marcion Rowe. I'm, uh, his entire backstory, the complexity of who he is and, and why he is the way he is, I really, really like him as a character. And and even through just phase one of High Republic, I've really seen the evolution of his character and kind of where he's gotten to in the Fallen Star and where he's at at that point. Really like him as a character. Um, I, I I feel like they've really invested so much into the Nihil and into him as a character in general. I really think he's still going to be the big baddie of High Republic. Like I said, they could come out phase three and I could be completely wrong. It's the, the Drengear strike back. It, it totally could be. 
Uh, but for right now, I'm thinking it's just going to end up being uh, the the Nihil. They're at a point, too, where Phase 1 ended on a very dark note. For those of you who haven't read High Republic, they ended it on a very dark note. Uh, the galaxy is in a bad place. Um, the the Nihil are celebrating, you know, in, in, their, in their Valhalla Hall, if you would. They're very much, they're very Viking-ish. Um, but I... I, I just I think they're still going to end up being the big baddie, and I think when Phase Three rolls around, once we get through Phase Two, since Phase Two is all prequel stuff, once we get back to Phase Three, I think you're going to see hell come down on the Nile from the Republic side. So, uh, it's a good question. I hope you really enjoy the Game of Thrones books. I wish I could go back and reread them for the first time, uh, but I do agree with you. The the Drenger being a uh, kind of inspired version of the White Walkers. Totally get that. So I definitely see where that came from. Thanks for the question, though, brother. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number two this week comes from Alex White. And Alex says, Hey, Brian and Yusuf, I love you guys. I found your show a couple of weeks ago and have listened to some old episodes. You guys are true fans of Star Wars. Even when you find something you don't like, you are honest about it, and don't put others down that disagree with you. Because of this, you have earned a loyal follower. Thank you so much for the compliments, man. I know Usa's going to appreciate that as well. We do try very hard to be tolerant of other people's opinions here, and and uh, I, we just all want to get along. So thank you very much, man, and we do appreciate that. Uh, Alex goes on to say, My question for your show is this. Will we see the world between worlds from Rebels again? I think it's an interesting concept, and somehow it just works in this universe. What are your thoughts? Good day to you, gentlemen. Thanks for the question, Alex. Uh, yeah, so for those of you that don't know, the World Between Worlds is a concept that was introduced in Season 4 of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, and it's basically a world outside of space and time, where everything is happening at once, nothing is happening at all. Everything is connected, nothing is connected. So... It's, it's a very interesting concept, and, and Ezra Bridger falls into this, uh, this universe, I guess you could say, and basically can see the entire saga, everything in Star Wars happening all at once. And it's outside of space and time. Star Wars has never been something that I thought time travel would work in, um, and technically it's not really time travel. I guess it is, but it isn't. It's more of a reality-bending thing. Um but, yeah, I'd love to see it pop up again. It's It was utilized beautifully, I think, in Rebels. And I, I, I don't feel like it was just a plot device. I feel like after watching that episode and, and seeing the world between worlds for the first time, it didn't feel like it was just created and thrown in as a plot device. It felt like it had been there forever. And and I still feel like it's still sitting there. It, it feels like it's just outside of the universe. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and you're right, it does fit perfectly into how that universe works somehow. Because like I said, I never thought time travel would work in, in something you know like Star Wars. Uh, but this world between worlds is how Ezra saved uh, Ahsoka. I would love to see it utilized again. Um, the only problem is, the only character in canon right now that knows about it is Ahsoka. And... Or well, I guess Ezra does too, but and they're both going to pop up in the Ahsoka series. But right now, the only person I think they could utilize it is Ahsoka, who would have access to it uh, until Ezra comes back into the picture. Then you've got two people who would have access to it. I definitely want to see it again, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to find out that in the Ahsoka series somewhere, it's going to pop up again. It's going to be utilized. You have to be careful using something like that, though, because if you start messing with changing the past that can get really messy and ahsoka i think i'm not so worried about ahsoka doing it um maybe ezra though because ahsoka is the one that explained to ezra in that episode you know ezra could see kanan getting ready to to sacrifice himself and he wanted to reach in and save him the same way he saved her from vader and ahsoka told him if you do that you die there and then you're not here to save him so he's gonna die anyway and you know and so it, it it's this paradoxical thing um, and I think that was a hard lesson for, for Ezra to learn. But it's a really interesting concept. You're right, and I would love to see it pop up again. And if it's utilized correctly, you could do some really cool stuff with it. Um, you could see some really cool stuff. You know, even if you just look through some of these portals in live action and see scenes from films going on or, you know, see live action versions of Clone Wars or Rebels, you know, stuff like that going on. I think something like that would be really cool. It'd be a really great way to drop a lot of Easter eggs for fans 
And we all know that's something that Dave Filoni loves to do. And Dave Filoni's really taken the, the lead on this Ahsoka series. So I'm not going to say it's go, that I know it's going to pop up, but I've, I've, if, if it's going to pop up again, that's where it's going to be. Um, I think we all are kind of resigned to the fact that the Ahsoka series is going to end up being the sequel series to Rebels. Um, so I, I hope it does pop up again. I'm really excited for it. Um, and I know I say that a lot about a lot of things in Star Wars. I do get excited about Star Wars. And, 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 and especially something like the world between worlds. So what do you guys think? Let me know in the comments below. Do you think the world between worlds is going to pop up again? And, and if so, how would you like to see it utilized? What would you like to see through some of the portals? Maybe that he, you know, that whoever is there is going to be seeing, or uh, do you not want to see it pop up, uh, pop up again? Do you think it's a stupid concept? Just be civil. That's all I ask. So thank you very much for the question, Alex. Do appreciate it. And thank you for uh, being such a loyal follower. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number three this week comes from Jesse Kirk, and Jesse says, I love Clone Wars and Rebels, but I wasn't a fan of Resistance, and honestly, can't figure out why it even saw the light of day. What about Resistance do you think pushed audiences away? Thanks for the question, Jesse. Uh, yeah, so Resistance was a show that I was excited for at first, because we just come off of Rebels, and I, I, I adored Rebels. And the the further we got into Resistance, the more I kind of drug down a little bit and was like, I'm having a hard time getting into this. And I know a lot of people were complaining about the animation style. I know they, I know a lot of people didn't like the time period it took place. And I know there's a lot of people that are totally against anything First Order and Resistance. I think that had a lot to do with it. But for me, I think it was Kaz Gazuto, to be honest. Um he just seemed almost like a live, like, oh, okay. He almost seemed like a human Jar Jar Binks. Um, very clumsy, very cartoonish. Uh, and yes, I know it was a cartoon, but you, you know what I mean? If, if that was to translate into live action, he would just be really cartoony. Um, and I don't know if the storytelling was really that compelling. Now, here, I, that comes with a caveat. Yes, Dave Filoni worked on this, and I know. I say everything Dave Filoni touches is gold. Uh, everybody has their bad days. Everybody comes up with something that doesn't necessarily land right. Uh, but I, Resistance was cut short because of the the poor reception from the fan base. It was supposed to be three seasons. We only got two. I think had we gotten the third season, we might have seen the full picture of it and maybe appreciated it a little more for what it was. Um. But I, I, I don't know if it was the time period it was in or, or, or like I said, the animation style. Because the animation style was really weird. It was this, like, 2D, 3D. It was, like, 2.5D or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It was 3D animation made to look like 2D. It almost had this kind of Borderlands feel to it a little bit, if you would. Not, not to that extreme, but kind of had that feel to it. And I don't know if it landed right with, with audiences. And I know people complain about the animation style for Rebels too, but it, it, it is what it is. For me, the the Resistance one just didn't work that great. Had they animated it, I think, the way they animated like Rebels or Clone Wars, I think maybe a few more people would have enjoyed it a little bit more. I still don't think Kaz Kazuto for me landed that much as a character. Uh, it, the, the stakes, I don't believe, were high enough in the show. Uh, it, it was just the Colossus, really, is all you you were really caring about. You know, with Clone Wars, the the galaxy, the the Republic is at stake, and Rebels, the galaxy is at stake. You're fighting the the huge Empire. Yes, they're fighting just on Lothal, but their goal is to you know do the, this 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 larger picture. They're trying to free more planets and put all these these Rebel cells together. With Resistance, it was just Kaz sent to a floating platform to spy. You know, and then in season two, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, in season two when the Colossus is in space. Uh, it almost had this Deep Space Nine kind of feel to it. Yes, I did a Star Trek reference. You guys can shoot me all you want. But it almost had this Deep Space Nine reference. to. Or if you're of my generation and you watch Nickelodeon the same way I did, more of a Space Cases kind of feel to it. Uh, but I I just it didn't land right with me either, to be completely honest. Uh, like I said, had we got that third season, though, I think maybe the story would have been a little... Because... Where, where we got to in Season 2, we were really crossing over with the films there. The end of Season 1 really crossed over with The Force Awakens. Uh, season 2, you could tell, was leading right up to The Last Jedi. 
so I would have liked to have kind of seen where a third season of that would have ended up going, but um, it, it, who knows? Maybe it would have landed flat. I don't know. Uh, but I, I think that was just one of those rare things. You know, we say Dave Filoni, everything he touches turns to gold, and he, he can do no wrong. Maybe he can. Maybe, you know, not everybody's perfect. Um, he had a story there he wanted to tell that he thought maybe everybody would get into, and maybe he just miscalculated a little bit. It happens. So, uh, I like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of Resistance. I really did love Clone Wars and Rebels. So, uh, hopefully, next time we get an animated series, we'll we'll see where it goes. And and the way I look at something's not landing right. You know, everybody. You know, I just said Dave Filoni. Maybe he just miscalculated. You know, I. Even though, yeah, Resistance wasn't that great of a series as far as I'm concerned. To me, it's not that big of a loss. It's more of, you know, I, I look at that as a learning experience for him. Maybe he can readjust or, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to try to judge his, his his ability to to make Star Wars content. I can't make Star Wars content. So uh, I hopefully it's something that he can look at and go, well, okay, maybe the fans don't like that so much. Let's give them something they do like. So. I'm I'm hoping that's that's what it ends up being. But thanks for the Jesse or for the question, Jesse. I do appreciate it, and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, question number four this week is an interesting one, and I'm I'm really excited to talk about this. Question number four this week is from Liz Davis, and Liz asks, "Do you think the new canon novels would be received better if they were given the Shadows of the Empire and Heir to the Empire treatment, and they were given their own action figures and comic adaptations?" Love you guys and your show. Thanks for the question, Liz. I really like this question. Uh, ever since I saw this question on the uh, email, I as soon as I read it, I knew this one was going to be on the show. I got excited. I started thinking about maybe, you know. Um, so let's break the, the question down real quick, uh, piece by piece. Do you think the canon novels would be received better if they were given Shadows of the Empire and Heir to the Empire treatments? I don't necessarily think they're being received poorly in the first place. There are a lot of novels that are really good. There's a small handful of them that people could probably live without. Legends was the same way. Uh, and, and, and speaking of Legends, for those of you that don't know, maybe you're on the generation coming up behind mine. I remember back in the 90s going to the Star Wars aisle in the toy department at Walmart and finding Shadows of the Empire action figures, Heir to the Empire action figures, uh, Micro Machine sets, you know, for Heir to the Empire. It was, I mean, there was a lot of stuff for those novels. And that's how you knew a novel was really kicking ass was when they started getting Power of the Force figures, right? Uh, got an action figure of Chewbacca with a flat top. Got, you know, that's how I got my Leia and Bausch disguise action figure was it was a Shadows of the Empire figure. It was just a repackage, but I mean, yeah, it, it really, and, and honestly, seeing those action figures, seeing Chewie with a flat top and an eye patch made me want to read that book, and, that, and it made me go pick up the book. Uh, and yeah, I think something like that would be really cool. Now, granted, there are some characters in the novels that are getting Black Series figures. We have the Black Series now instead of Power of the Force, and you know, Captain Cardinal has a Black Series figure, Thrawn has a Black Series figure. There's There's several that have kind of made the jump from novels into getting their own action figures or toys or collectibles or whatever. Um, but for those people who are kind of iffy about reading them, I think it would help a little bit. Um, I've always, as far as the, the comic adaptations go, I am a complete full supporter of comic adaptations of every single novel. I, I think that needs to be, uh, I, that needs to be normal, protocol at at Lucasfilm. Whenever you write a book, there's a comic adaptation coming with it. The novel Thrawn got a six issue comic adaptation and I it was it was a good abridged version of the novel. It got this point of the story across. Some you know not not everybody has time to sit down and read these novels. You know, it takes ten hours, eleven hours, sometimes twelve, twenty three if you're reading Thrawn Ascendancy, but it, it, you know it, it takes half a day to read a Star Wars book. And if you can sit down and go through a two-hour comic adaptation of it to still get the story, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Uh, so, yeah, I think every single novel should get a comic adaptation. As far as action figures go, some of them I could live without. But there are certain novels that really do lend themselves well, I think, to creating action figures for 
characters that are going to end up popping up. So why don't we have an Admiral Ray Sloan action figure yet? You know what I'm saying? Why don't we have that? And you know, there's there's a lot of characters that have popped up in the novels that would make really great action figures. And and I think it would boost people's confidence in the novels a little bit to see that Lucasfilm has that kind of confidence in producing products around their novels, not just the novels and comics themselves, but to actually base products around them as well. Now, granted, that, that you're looking at a very small... I don't want to say very small. You're looking at a small portion of the fan base that reads every single one of these novels that would want every single one of these characters in action figure form. So, granted, a few of them might end up being peg warmers, but I think I think there's money in it. And and, and honestly, I, I hate to say it, but everything that Disney does, everything comes down to money. Everything does, which I think we're going to talk about here in in, uh, in a couple of minutes but everything comes down to money if there's money in it disney will do it uh i I feel like when ryan johnson came up with the porgs you know bob Iger hugged him was like oh thank you so much merchandising thank you you just saw dollar signs you know and and same thing with grogu and john favreau as soon as they popped up with him i feel like disney was like oh money signs thank you so i i definitely think that it would i don't think it would make them i don't think it would make the novels received better I just think it would help exposure with the novels. And, you know, some of these novels, too, they try to describe what a character looks like. And sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's not. And to have an action figure that you could base your 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 mental image of the character off of, I think it's a great idea. High Republic, I, I, I'm not... Look, uh, don't be surprised if this time next year we're going to have High Republic Black Series figures. I absolutely promise you, guarantee it, take it to the bank, I promise you that we are going to be getting High Republic Black Series figures. We're going to get High Republic action figures. I They are putting too much time and effort into this time period to not get action figures based off of it. And, and, and I mean... Obviously, we're going to be getting a film somewhere down the line that's High Republic. I guarantee we're going to be getting action figures. You can take it to the bank. You heard it here first. I don't usually go balls in like for something like that, but to me, it's a no-brainer. So I think you're going to see it more and more, but I do think we need to see it more than what we're going to see it. So thanks for the question, Liz. Do appreciate it. Uh, Question number five this week comes from Tyler Brennan. And Tyler simply wants to know, will Disney ever retcon the sequel trilogy? Uh, thanks for the question, Tyler. And the answer is no. I It's, it's never going to happen. I understand that there are fans out there that don't like the sequel trilogy. I don't like the sequel film. Well, I, I like the sequel films to a degree, but they're not a trilogy. You guys know this. There are fans out there that do not like the sequel films. There's a large portion of the fan base that doesn't like the sequel films. I get it. But Disney, like I said a few minutes ago, everything comes back to money. And all three of the films in the sequel set were billion-dollar films. All three of them. Money speaks louder than internet trolls. Um, and, and, and really, that's that's all you can say about it. I They're never going to retcon it. They've put way too much time and energy into it. It was their baby. It was their first foray into Star Wars, right, with, with the live-action stuff. And I, if you retcon the sequel films, do you have any idea how much other canon stuff's going to have to be retconned? Uh, you're, you're looking at comic books and novels and, and the Resistance television show, and, and, and there's basically all of Disney parks is going to be retconned. The The Halcyon Cruiser is going to be retconned as canon. There's so much that is going to end up having to be stricken. And I get that people don't like what happened to Luke Skywalker, or they don't like you know what happened to the, to the big three, the Han, Luke, and Leia. I, I get it. I understand your frustrations, and I understand you feel betrayed by Disney, and why the hell would Disney do something like this? I get it, and, 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 and they don't know what they're doing. I totally get it. But you have to remember, everything comes down to money. 
And as long as the films are making money, as long as the books are selling, as long as the comic books are selling, as long as people are still subscribed to Disney Plus and they still tune in and watch Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian or when it comes out, Ahsoka, or if it comes out, Rangers of the New Republic, as long as people are still tuning into it and they're still cha-ching, 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 they're never going to retcon a damn thing. I, I mean that, and, and, and I'm sorry it is what it is, uh, but here's a better way to look at it. And I'm not saying that that you, uh, Tyler, are looking at it this way, but the 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 people that do don't look at the sequel trilogy as skid marks on the timeline. All right. Granted, I don't like Rise of Skywalker. I I, I don't like the film. But when the novel came out, the novel fixed the film for me. Uh, and, and I think the same thing happened for a lot of people that didn't like The Last Jedi. They read the novel and was like, holy crap, that was great. Yeah, I agree. So for me, the canon version of the sequel films are the novels. But you've got material coming out now that is, I shouldn't say it is, that has the ability and has the potential to build onto what Disney has started, whether it's Rocky or not. And make something better of it. Look at look at how the prequels were received, right? Let's 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 go back to the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands to to how episodes one, two, and three were received. I remember there was a website that I got on all the time, and some of you guys might have gotten on this website as well. It was supershadow.com. I used to get on supershadow.com all the time. Uh, to there was it was basically a guy doing what I do. And, and answering questions that people would send in and, you know, and kind of give his opinion. And supposedly he was right around the production of Star Wars and all this stuff. And I, looking back, I was young and naive. This guy was probably just some virgin sitting in his basement. I don't know that. But anyway. Uh, and he would put out basically the same kind of stuff I'm talking about. And there were people sending in questions talking about how much they did not like the prequel films at all. And it was all in text format. It was always a website. You had to read the question, and he would answer each question in a paragraph in the center of it. He put his answer in parentheses. I might be unlocking some memories for some of you guys if you ever went to this website and completely forgot about it. Uh, but there were people complaining about the prequel films on there. They were not received back then great, well at all. They, they, they just weren't. Much like the way the sequel films are now. But I remember going to watch the Clone Wars film in theaters, and it was the first time I ever went and saw a quote-unquote Star Wars movie where I, halfway through it, I was looking at my watch going, is this over yet? I just want to leave. I, I don't want to be here anymore. And as the Clone Wars was airing and Dave Filoni was working on it and, and kind of took what started as a, oh, crap, is this over yet? And turned it into something that was so beloved by fans that... They petitioned to have it finished, have another season of it made to, to, to cap it off, and to supplement the prequel films the way they did. Clone Wars really made the, se- the, I'm sorry, the prequel films tolerable for me. I really love, I mean, I don't want to say I love Attack of the Clones, but I can appreciate Attack of the Clones better now because I kind of, because there's been novels that come out with what was going on behind the scenes and, and, and all this. And I feel like now they're trying to make content that supplements the sequel films the same kind of way so that eventually we go okay well they're not great but we can appreciate them for what they are i know there's still going to be people that are like no screw that i don't want to do that i get it and i totally get the mentality that you shouldn't have to read a book or watch a tv show to understand a film better i totally stand by that but once something has been established in canon all you can do is supplement it and try to build off of it and make it better. That's all you can do is try to uh, damage control. That's all you can do. That's the only word I can think of to use is damage control to try to improve what was already built. And I think with the sequel trilogy, that's what's going to end up happening. Um, Everybody keeps talking about how Luke and Mandalorian and in Book of Boba Fett really disproves that the Bo- that the the Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi isn't real, but all he's doing is all that Luke Skywalker and, and Mando and Boba Fett does is reinforce the Luke we saw in the sequel trilogy. And I think that's what they're going for. It's that kind of how high can Icarus fly and the further he flies, the further he has to fall. 
And so now that they've shown you where Luke ends up, whether you like it or not, now we can show the rise to get to the point where he fell. You know what I'm saying? So I no, they're never going to retcon it. They've put too much time and energy into it. They're still making tons of money off of it. They, I know you can't tell me that they don't have plans to bring back Ray and Finn and Poe at some point. You can't tell me there's no plans. Whether it's gonna, I mean, they they they've got plans to do it. Whether it happens or not is different, but I guarantee you they have plans to do it. Um, so no, they're not they're not gonna retcon it. But if you'll notice something, I would like to point something out. I think Disney realizes the misstep they made with the sequel trilogy. I I truly believe that, and I've said this on the podcast before. And since we've got some new followers, I'll say it again to kind of, I don't want to say reinforcement, but to put it out there one more time. The way I feel the sequel trilogy end up happening was this. They made a great kickoff. It was a safe film. The Force Awakens was a very safe movie. It was a. It was basically them saying, Star Wars is back. We know what we're doing. We're going to do it the way you guys wanted it done. Yes, it's, it's a copy and paste of A New Hope, but it, we're showing you we can make a Star Wars movie. Cool. Then they really jumped off the cliff with Last Jedi and decided to take it in a, Star Wars in an unexpected direction. They wanted people to be shocked and awed, and I think they got what they wanted. Um, and I think they really thought Last Jedi was just amazing, right? And then when the reception of it came back, they were like, oh, crap, we, we butchered it. We just derailed this thing. And then they fired Colin Trevorrow, which was a huge mistake in and of itself. If you've read the Duel of the Fates uh, comic adaptation, which awesome. Anyway, and went back to J.J. Abrams, who had already done a good Star Wars movie and was like, we just need you to fix it. We don't we don't need Look, we know you're not going to make a great movie. We, we know we messed up. We derailed it. We just make a movie. Get this trilogy done and over with. We'll wipe our hands clean of it and then we'll move on. I think honest to God, I think that's what happened. Um, and so. If you'll notice, I said all that to say this. If you'll notice, there's not a lot of stuff coming out around the sequel trilogy right now. There hasn't been for a while. Um, there's been a novel here and there. But if you'll look at everything that's coming out this year, look at all the canon stuff that's coming out this year. They've really focused on High Republic. They are doing a lot of prequel stuff. They're really focusing on Obi-Wan. They're going to be doing Bad Batch. They're going to be doing Andor this year. Uh, maybe Mando Season 3 late this year. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe early next year. But you're looking at a time period. There, There's a lot of focus coming between Episodes 1 and 4. Oh, I'm sorry, Episodes 3 and 4. Even 1 and 4, I'll say. There's a lot of stuff coming between 1 and 4. They're completely going to the other end of the spectrum to get away from the sequel trilogy stuff. You've got the Obi-Wan novel, Padawan, coming out. You've got Brotherhood coming out during Clone Wars, which is Anakin and Obi-Wan story. You've got uh, Queen's Hope, which is set during the prequel era. You've got the Obi-Wan series, which is happening between 3 and 4. You've got the Andor series, which is happening between 3 and 4. The Obi-Wan comic, which is happening between 3 and 4. Uh, Mando, which is happening post-Return of the Jedi, but still in that safe window where we're still really close to the classic trilogy. Uh, so there's there's nothing coming out during the sequels, really. There's nothing there to supplement it and to really make it better yet. Um, I think they're kind of waiting for the heat to go down a little bit off of what they did. I think they know they messed up. I really, I think they know they messed up. Even though those films brought in money, I still think they know they messed up. Uh, but like I said, money talks. And with the way they were received, I don't know if they really want to invest in a whole lot of stuff in that time period again. Because, uh, like I said, money talks, and if they can't make money, why do it? So, if, if you'll notice, there's not a lot of uh, of uh, sequel era stuff. So, uh, no, to answer your question, I know that was a huge roundabout way to answer your question. No, they're never going to retcon it. Um, I don't. I, I don't know whether you, Tyler, want it retconned or not. But personally, I they're never going to do it. And, and as much as I don't like the the films as a trilogy. And if they did retcon it, I'd be like, holy crap. That means I got to throw out how many books now from canon? So it's, it's, it is what it is. And at this point, I think we just need to, to like do what Disney did, brush our hands of it and move on to what we've got coming down the pipeline. Because look at how excited we all are for Obi-Wan. Look at, look at how excited we are for that. If, if we didn't have any faith in Disney whatsoever, we wouldn't be looking forward to an Obi-Wan series. So I, I, 
no, they're never going to retcon the sequel trilogy. And uh, if they ever do, if they ever come out and say, look, we're going to wipe the slate clean again and we're going to start all over, that means they're going to have to start with the classic Star Wars films again and recast them, which that's a topic for another time. Uh, but no, they're never going to retcon it. But thanks for the question, Tyler. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number six this week comes from Ellie Satie. I think I pronounced your name right. Uh, and Ellie asks, just finished the book of Boba Fett and was happy to see Cad Bane make an appearance. But why did he look so weird? His color was off and his face seemed off somehow. What do you think? Thanks for the question, Ellie. Yeah, so in case you've been living under a rock, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know this. And Book of Boba Fett on Disney+, Plus, the second to the last episode, finally, finally introduced my favorite bounty hunter of all time into live action, Mr. Cad Julius Bane. And I was so excited that when he popped up. I, I you got to be kidding me. I, this is awesome. Personally, I had no problem with the way he looked. I didn't even think about it. It wasn't even a forefront in my mind. I was just just ecstatic to see Cad Bane walking across this desert like a lone gunslinger, like a badass, right? Once that episode aired, I got online and there were people complaining, saying that he didn't look right. He didn't look like he did in Clone Wars. His skin color was too light. His, his face was too puffy. And, and, and I'm not singling you out, Ellie. I'm, I'm not singling you out at all. But this was everywhere. And it was bad enough to the point where people were, why would Dave Filoni have let that go? Like, why would he have approved that? That looks like crap. And then people took it a step further and tried to fix it to make him look like he did in Clone Wars. Uh, I get where you guys are coming from, those of you who didn't think he looked right. But allow me to present my case for a moment on why I... I didn't have an issue with it. First off, Clone Wars is a stylized cartoon. It is stylized. Nothing, nobody in that series looks like they do in live action. Obi-Wan does not look like that. And honestly, Obi-Wan's the closest. But that's not what they look like. Um, Look at Count Dooku, his beard. Look at how pointed his freaking head was that's not the way he was in the films he was stylized look at new Gunray. look at how like shriveled and like like uh, spindly and and you know he was in clone wars he wasn't like that in the film he he was fleshed out you know and and, and as far as the human characters go everybody kept talking well yeah they're human they're not going to look the same okay well you can say the same about the aliens too I know we don't say his name on this podcast, but I need him for a moment. I need, I need, I need to say his name. So please forgive me, Jar Jar Binks. You take a picture of Jar Jar Binks from the films, quote unquote. I know he's CG, but the quote unquote live action version of him, and compare it to Jar Jar Binks from Clone Wars. The Clone Wars version is still stylized. It's still a stylized version of the live action version of of Jar Jar to match the cartoon, to match the the TV series. No, they're not going to look the same in live action. I had the Clone Wars series come out first, and Jar Jar looked like he did in that, and then he popped up in a film somewhere. People have been like, "What the hell? Why does he look like that?" But it's because it was the other way around. Nobody said anything. Um, and so it, it's a stylized cartoon. I don't expect him to look the same in live action as he did in a cartoon. And you know, people were talking about, "Well, it's it's seven. You know, he's seventy at this point. It was forty years later." Okay, well, Duros have a huge lifespan. Just so you know. But it, 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 it's, I don't, I, I think it's a moot point to be completely honest. Um, another great example that I can bring up, uh, and, and it's one that I haven't seen anybody bring up. I haven't seen anybody complain about this. I haven't seen anybody try to defend Cad Bane's look with this. Grand Admiral Thrawn is a great example of this. When you translate a character from, let's say, a novel to something you're actually seeing him in, you know, an animated series. If you look at every single, every, and I mean every single novel cover that has Thrawn on it, you look at how deep of a shade of blue his skin is and how bright red his eyes are. You you, you look at that and you see how dark blue, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a royal blue and just crimson red eyes. And then when he popped up in Rebels, light skin, red irises. 
That, I mean, that was basically it. He was so light blue, he was almost as white as his uniform. So, and nobody complained about the color of his skin then that I knew of anyway. But he translated so well to that medium. And then when you go back and look at more books that came out even after his appearance in Rebels, dark, dark blue skin on the covers. So there's going to be some things that are, I I guess, lost in translation, things that need to translate over to live action that if you did it the way that they looked in, let's say, a stylized cartoon like Clone Wars, I'm not sure it would work. I want a universe that feels real and tactile and, and... you know, if Cad Bane looked the way he look, you guys did some amazing edit jobs on Cad Bane to make him look like Clone Wars Cad Bane. You guys did some great editing jobs. Don't get me wrong. But none of them looked like you could reach out and touch them and feel them. And, and you know, they didn't look tangible. The version of him in Mando that made it to Disney Plus looked tangible. It looked like he was standing there. It was a practical effect. You guys have heard me preach practical effects. Why CG it when you can actually build it and make it look real? Make it look like it's actually alive. You know, nobody's complaining about the tips of his fingers being all wobbly because it was a long glove. Nobody's complaining about that. It's only his face they're complaining about. So I didn't have an issue with it personally. I I get why people wanted to see the Clone Wars version of him. I get it. Uh, and, and I acknowledge the fact, yes, he did look different between Clone Wars and live action, but I don't have an issue with it. Um, and, and like I said, it goes back to just compare other characters from Clone Wars to live action. Nobody looks like they do in Clone Wars. Literally nobody. R2-D2 doesn't even look the same. C-3PO doesn't even look the same in Clone Wars to live action. They, none of them translate perfectly. None of them do. So let's just give Dave Filoni a break on this one. Give him a pass. Enjoy the fact that we got a live-action Cad Bane finally. That he was a badass. That he walked into the, from the desert, a stranger from the desert, like a freaking badass. Shot down the sheriff and the deputy. And turned around and walked away. Like, think about that, alright? So, the Pikes. Look at the Pikes in Book of Boba Fett. They didn't look anything like they did in Clone Wars. And and solo, they didn't look anything like they did in Clone Wars, so nobody complained about what the Pikes looked like in live action. You, you see what I'm saying? So there's there you can't let give a pass on everything else. And then when one character comes along, oh God, why doesn't he look anything like he did in Clone Wars? You can't do that. So I was cool with it. I hope you guys kind of see where I'm coming from. Uh, and, and, and like I said, you guys don't have to change your mind just because. I'm telling you that I don't have a problem with it. If you guys don't have, if you guys have a problem with it, you guys have a problem with it. But for me personally, I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm just going to be ecstatic that I finally got the big blue bastard on screen. So, uh, thank you for the question, Ellie. I do appreciate it. Thank you for sending it in, and I'm glad you brought it up because it was something I really did want to talk about. Uh, thanks for the question. Uh, and the final question this week comes from Chloe Walker, and Chloe sends in, "Why do you believe the ending climax of the TV so, uh, TV shows?" will be a battle against Thrawn. I don't disagree with you because I hope you're right. But what makes you believe that that's the route the shows are going to go? Thank you guys for being positive about the new canon and true fans. We must protect you at all costs. Thank you very much for the uh, kind words. And thank you for the question. Uh, So for the better part of a year, I think it's been over a year actually. It's been almost a year and a half now. Ever since the shareholders meeting that Disney broadcast back in 2020. I think it was the end of 2020 when they were announcing we're doing this show and we're doing this show and we're doing this show and Taika Waititi's working on this film and Patty Jenkins is doing Rogue One and we're doing a Lando show and Ahsoka and all these different series. Uh, when they when that, when that Kathleen Kennedy came out and announced all those, she made the comment, that all the shows that were post-Jedi during that time period, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and at the time, Rangers of the New Republic, they were all going to have their own run, and then they were all going to cross over into one climactic event. She didn't say what that one climactic event was. But I think we can follow the breadcrumbs at this point. So the shows that that were going to cross over were Mandalorian. Actually, she didn't announce Book of Boba Fett yet. That got announced like three or four days later. So uh, So Mandalorian... Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic. Those were the three shows at the time 
that she was talking about crossing over into one massive event. At this point, where we're at right now, and we knew it then, and now we've just had more and more confirmations. The Ahsoka series is going to be the sequel series to Rebels. It's her looking for Ezra. I guarantee it. Ever since she popped up in Mandalorian Season 2, and she asked, where's your master? Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? That right there tells me everything I need to know about the Ahsoka series and what it's going to be. She's going after Ezra. Thrawn is going to pop up in Ahsoka. I guarantee it. And we're all probably going to piss and moan about the color of his skin and how it's not the right shade of blue. I guarantee it's going to happen. But anyway, I digress. Thrawn is coming in live action. Whether you're ready for it or not, Thrawn is coming. And Thrawn, for those of you that don't know, is a serious badass. He is a strategic genius. He is a tactical genius. Literally a genius. For those of you that don't know, he studies a culture's art to beat them in combat, in war, and it works. He gets he he concludes their battle tactics based off of their culture's art. Who else have you ever heard to be able to do that? Thrawn is a tactical genius. And if Ahsoka is going to look for Ezra, Thrawn's going to pop up. The only thing that I can think of that would be a huge climactic crossover at that point in the timeline, at that point in history, is we might actually get a canon version, and it won't probably won't be called this, but a canon version of Heir to the, uh, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising and The Last Command. That's the only thing I can think of is that they're going to adapt that Legends material and, and use it to morph into this new story of where these shows are all going to cross over. Thrawn's going to be the ultimate bad guy. I, I don't see any other way of how that's going to end. That is the most climactic thing I can think of that could happen at that time period, knowing that that character is coming. So I, I really think that's where we're going to end up going with it. And, and at this point I'm willing to take it. I'm willing to put my paycheck on it. I'm honest to God. I'm, convinced and i'll say it balls to bone that this is where we're going with the tv shows and that that's going to be the the end game for these series and dude i am so so stoked and looking forward to that i'm not looking forward to these shows ending because mando can't run forever ahsoka can't run forever i i I can't i'm not looking forward to these shows ending but for them to come together and make this huge climactic ending that may very well make up for my disappointment in the sequel films. I'm all for it. I'm just bring it on. So, um, you said you hope I'm right. I hope I'm right too. Uh, th- th- really, that's that's all I've got to go on. There's there's a couple of breadcrumbs here and there. We know what this is going to be. We know it's in this time period. This is the only possible thing that it could be. And 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 I, I'm hoping I'm right. I I hope to God I'm right. Um. Two years from now, three years from now, I really hope I'm sitting here going, holy crap, holy crap, we got to see Thrawn working his magic in live action, really giving it to the to the New Republic. I'm, I, I really, really want to see this. So uh, let me know, guys, what do you think? Do you think I'm, I'm off base? Do you think I'm off my rocker? Do you think I'm close? Do you think maybe there's something to this? If not, let me know. Remember, guys, all I ask is you keep it civil. We try to... We try to tolerate everybody's opinions here. This is a safe place for Star Wars fans. This is where we come to forget about everything else going on in the world because God knows it's crazy as hell. And we can just enjoy Star Wars as a fan base, as a community, and and, and really knock out some ideas, what we think is coming, what we don't think is coming. So let me know in the comments, guys, what do you think is, uh, is, is coming as far as the shows go. So that is the final mailbag question this week. Thank you to everybody who sent in a mailbag question. Thank you to everybody who sent one in that even that didn't get it on the show. Also, um, like I said, in, uh, a co- I think it was two weeks ago. Was the last time we did an episode, like I said, then there, there's a lot of duplicate questions, and if you guys ask questions that don't really have a lot to do with what's going on in news or, you know, st- you know announcements or anything like that, you, you have a better chance of getting a question on. So it gives us a more diverse uh, slate of things to talk about on this episode instead of just one thing over and over and over again. So, And it gives us a little bit more to talk about to kind of flesh out the episode and a little more content for you guys. So 
Thank you guys for sending in your questions. Keep them coming, and uh, I, I do appreciate it. Guys, make sure to check out 1138productions.com. I can't stress that enough. Uh, a lot of work has been put into that website. There's still a lot of work going into that website. As a matter of fact, like I said earlier, I'm recording this on Thursday night. I'm about to end this recording, end this episode with you guys, and I'm going to go start working on that Legends timeline. I'm going to try to get it out for you. Uh, definitely go check it out. And if you guys have any suggestions for the website, feel free to contact us on there. Go to uh, go to the uh, contact us page. Let let us know if you have any ideas for the website. If there's a timeline you would like to see put together on the website, if there's a, a video game franchise you'd like to see get some love on the YouTube channel here before long, if we're getting ready to fire up some gaming videos, let me know. Let us know, man, and we'll we'll do our best. We want to make content that you guys want to listen to, that you guys want to watch. And that you guys will get entertainment out of. So that is what we're, that's our end goal. So definitely go check out 1138productions.com and uh, give all the shows there some love. We would definitely appreciate it. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. And uh, keep an eye out for next week's episode. Usuf should be back then. Until then, this is Brian signing off. And may the force be with you guys. Mm-hmm.